0: Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host,
1: Brandon Adams. Around here on this show, one of the rules I try to follow as much as anything else is not to take myself too seriously. I don't mind y'all poking fun at me for whatever it is you choose to do so, or even kind of poking fun at myself from time to time. And also when it comes to not taking yourself too seriously, one of the things that you know we do is we're, we're pretty honest around here and honestly honesty compels me to admit that one of the things i'm really attracted to on this show are rumors and on the one hand, I like kind of telling you what the rumor mill says. On the other hand, you got to be a little bit careful about just sort of dragging every rumor mill, you know, item onto the show because, you know, we do have kind of a big platform here, big audience. You want to be careful what you kind of give voice to a little bit. But when it's possible to kind of have some fun by diving into the rumor mill, we're going to, you know, we kind of enjoy doing that. Yesterday with uh, Connor Riley on the show, he and I both were kind of chatting about the fact that when it comes to Georgia, maybe active in the transfer portal before the summer is done, hard not to notice there had been a lot of online chatter about former Clemson defensive back Darian Kendrick potentially being still in play for Georgia as a possible transfer then lo and behold last night pages of dognation.com very interesting story from Mike Griffith who by the way will join us later on on the show today Mike takes uh the rumor mill stuff on this a step further let me read you a couple of sentences here from Mike on dognation.com about a potential big ad for Georgia out of the transfer portal what Mike writes is the Georgia football secondary might be adding another body in the form of former Clemson cornerback Darian Kendrick who's expected to choose the Bulldogs Coming out of the NCAA transfer portal on the heels of a first-team All ACC season in 2020, obviously for Clemson, that is Mike Griffith. In that same story, there at DogNation.com, Mike does obviously address what is to a degree the elephant in the room when it comes to Kendrick—the fact that he's facing some charges stemming from like a weapons issue and some stuff like that up in his home state of South Carolina. But uh, Mike says that those charges are expected to be dropped. So when Mike joins us here a little bit later on. We will find out a little bit more about that. But in addition to Mike's reporting on this and the other stuff that's been kind of out there, there is also a little bit today of Kendrick in his own words and I don't mind telling you all this I mean obviously I look at Georgia's need at cornerback and I've said before that if Georgia stands pat with what it has and gives its very talented players who've been waiting the wings a chance to shine more this upcoming year I'd be kind of fine with that in a way that'd be a certain validation of those players by Jamal Adai the brand new secondary coach and Kirby Smart who obviously loves secondary play and uh, you know, obviously has you know a great eye for talent and all of that if Georgia chooses chooses to stand pat in addition i should say to the two transfers they've already brought in in the secondary so i don't know how quite they've, they've stood pat here but uh, they've already brought in obviously uh brandon turnage and Tyke smith but if they were to stand pat from this point forward then i think it says something about how georgia feels about the cornerbacks that it has and it's not necessarily an indictment or knock on those guys if georgia looks to add somebody else here because the one thing we understand is as talented as these georgia players are experience still matters it's one of those things the stack guys the math folks around college football have been talking about you know for quite some time that that you know when you look at you know the best play from the best defensive secondaries the ones who are getting passes broken up and you know converting those into turnovers and everything that goes along with that that typically comes from experienced secondaries those the ones who kind of get that done so understanding all of that that while I like the talent that Georgia has at the cornerback spot already I've obviously speaking as a fan here for a moment been pretty curious to see hey, is a guy who, as Mike wrote about Kendrick last night, you know, all ACC performer. If you look at a lot of these 2022 early mock drafts, Kendrick frequently shows up in the first rounds of these. I even saw one of them as a top 10 pick. That's a pretty talented player. And obviously, I like talented players at Georgia. So I've been pretty curious to see maybe uh, Darian Kendrick, does he land uh, at a place like UGA eventually? As I said before, uh, there's new developments in all of this because we actually get a chance to hear Darian Kendrick in his own words. He was a recent guest on a podcast. It's um, uh, it's one of the guys is Skiggy. That's one of the, the 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 guys on the show. That's a guy I went to high school with, kind of grew up with. And so Darian Kendrick is a guest on this podcast, and he talks about a number of things including the timeline for when he might make a decision, when we might get a chance to hear uh, where Darian Kendrick's going. Kendrick says if he's in the right frame of mind, that decision from the former Clemson defensive back may come sooner rather than later. This, Darian Kendrick in his own words here.
2: Yeah, I might see something out there soon about me going going somewhere. It depends on how I'm feeling. But most likely y'all are. I'm going to make make sure all my supporters and stuff, man.
1: I I want to give full credit of the show. This is on campus with JB and Skibby. Uh, 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 Skiggy, I should say. On campus with JB and Skiggy. That's the name of the podcast. That Darian Kendrick makes an appearance on. You hear him right there saying, hey, you may be hearing something soon on this if he decides that's exactly what he wants to do. He does, though, in the midst of this discussion, I'm going to put a link to this when I post the full show uh, at dognation.com later on today, because this is it's like an hour-long interview. It's worth hearing. Kendrick gets into a lot of stuff, including, as I said before, one of the issues that would seem to be kind of standing in the way of him landing at a place like Georgia are some off-field concerns. The fact that he was seemingly dismissed from the Clemson team that was described as a mutual decision by Dabo Sweeney. There's also some criminal charges kind of hanging over his head, at least for a moment, One of the hosts on the show asked Kendrick directly about, you know, what he thinks about the fact that all of a sudden now there are people in the media amongst the world of college football fans or just, you know, random people who are following the story that all of a sudden kind of view Kendrick as being a guy who has some character concerns. And Kendrick didn't hold back on talking about what it is that he feels like he knows about his own situation that maybe other people don't. More from Darian Kendrick from the JB and Skiggy
2: on campus podcast. My son had some problems going on, so I was with him. I wasn't really at school. I, it was like during springtime, so I had a lot going on then. So I was with him. Then wasn't really doing work, couldn't really do work, because I was always in the hospital, had, going to the hospital back and forth. So that's one thing, and then having having them, and then having, you feel me, all this extra going around in my city where I had to come back to to see them. Like everybody gotta protect themselves. Like it ain't nothing it ain't nothing against nobody. Like everybody gotta protect themselves. you don't know what's gonna happen at what time. I don't care who you is, what your name is, none of that. Like you can be the smallest person in the city, nobody knows you something still happen to you. So it's always you gotta be aware of your surroundings of what's going on around you. It's not really trying to you feel me? Like trying to act yeah. somebody to unite. It's just you got something to live for.
1: It's not necessarily clear what Kendrick means by the second half of that quote, but the first half of the quote, as far as what led him to maybe you know kind of fall out of favor there at Clemson, as he describes his own son, uh, Kendrick is the father of two, according to this podcast interview. Apparently, dealing with some health concerns there, he mentions you know visiting him in the hospital. And one of the things that Kendrick also said in this same interview is that one of the things that he wishes he would have done differently during his time at Clemson was maybe be a little bit better communicator with Dabo Swinney about some of the things that was going on, that were that, that were going on in his personal life. He wishes he maybe would have addressed that with Swinney a little bit more openly and directly. It sounds like on the basis of what Kendrick says in that comment there but also some of the other stuff that he sort of wishes that he had a better line of communication with the Clemson coaches and I think he's taking some ownership for his own role and maybe not making them fully aware of everything that was going on with him some challenges in his hometown including the uh, I guess some health issues for his own son there however even in light of all of that what ultimately what led to Kendrick no longer being on the Clemson roster it certainly sounds like there's no bad blood on Kendrick's side with Dabo Sweeney. We've heard Sweeney also refrain from saying anything negative about Kendrick there as well. Truly, it seems like they've kind of parted on good terms through all of this, which is important to note for George or anybody else who might be considering Kendrick here in the transfer portal. In fact, in this same interview, Kendrick really had nothing but good things to say about his time working with Dabo Sweeney.
2: I give a highly thanks to uh, Dabo, uh, just like believing believing in me. Like, while I was there, uh, always been on me, uh, trying to get get me better, do better in everything, even if it was off the field, on the field. Um, And just, like, everybody around me, like, just pulling for me, even if I was down, uh, just pulling for me. So that's, like, I played, like, come on now. You got to play with people like that. You got to play for people like that. That's why, like, I play with so much passion. Like, people around me, like, I play with so much passion in the game because I want to play for them. If they there
1: for me, I play for them. So obviously a pretty mature perspective on the part of Kendrick feeling good about Dabo Swinney, appreciative of his time with him, even though it maybe doesn't quite end on the terms that he would have liked for it to end on. Obviously, Kendrick feels like he was well supported by Dabo Swinney during his time at Clemson. One more thing on this before we kind of change the subject and move on here. Another thing that's kind of out there when it comes to Darian Kendrick, the former Clemson defensive back, all ACC-level performer, potential first-round pick in the upcoming NFL draft as he gets ready to transfer is... The moment that most people saw from Kendrick that probably stands out more so than anything else from his season last year at Clemson a year ago, even though he was all ACC during his regular season, did not have a good game, was beaten on some big passing plays against Ohio State in the college football playoff. And this may be among the more interesting moments in this uh, interview from the JB and Skiggy on-campus podcast that uh, Darian Kendrick was a guest of, longtime high, uh, you know childhood friends uh, of, of one of the hosts of this show. It comes up just like directly as like emphatic and, you know, in plain, you know, conversation as possible. The fact that Kendrick did not play well against Ohio State and Kendrick kind of owned his role in what was for him a bad game on a big stage. Pretty interesting stuff here. Again, a little bit more from Darian
0: Kendrick. What was it like for you to only have your have your one bad game
2: be on national television? How did that affect you mentally and just like have it happen on that stage after you've had such a great season? No, everybody. I think everybody have a bad game. It's it's just like that? Everybody, whether it's basketball, you go zero for thirty. Whether it's football, you give up three touchdowns. You throw three picks. Whatever you drop three balls. Everybody do it. I don't care. I don't care what they tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Deion, what? He didn't got. He done got bombed on before. <laughs> so, like, bro, it's, it's a part of the game, bro. Like, stuff happens. Bro. Like, I don't think you can do is go clean it up. You know, see, what you work on, work on with, what you messed up on, what on that exact play, or go watch, go watch them plays over and over, see, see what you got to do better, see what he did, see what the quarterback did, see, you feel me? See what you was reading on that play, stuff like that.
1: So, listen. I mean, I kind of like a guy kind of owning up. the fact, yeah, I didn't have a good game. Deion Sanders probably had a bad game before, too. He's obviously the gold standard when it comes to the cornerback position. So all I can do is kind of get back to work and learn from what happened and see if I can play better next time. I kind of like that answer there from Darian Kendrick. And I'm not going to lie to you. As a Georgia partisan here, someone who wants the best for UGA, obviously the thought, the chance that Georgia could be in the mix for a transfer like this certainly piques my attention. I'm watching a situation like this closely. Now, this is not one of those things where Georgia should be moving ahead at all costs no matter what and clearly that's not what UGA is doing. They've got to vet Kendrick on the field. Can A guy who played this way in the ACC also play this way in the SEC. They've got to vet him off the field. What was it that led to his dismissal there at Clemson? What has Kendrick learned from that situation? You heard a little bit of his own words there too and then obviously you know, whatever's kind of hanging over him in a legal sense from the state of South Carolina. Can cooler heads prevail there? And can we kind of figure out some way to, to make better sense of, of what happened with all of that? That's the hard work that Georgia has to do in, in a situation like this. I have no doubt that Georgia's doing that on Kendrick and other players that maybe we've heard of, thought of, or maybe some players that we don't even know about yet. That's just kind of the job of modern college football here. So I think it's important to hear Kendrick in his own words. Good podcast interview there that gave you a chance to do that. Mike Griffith says that this is a situation that uh Kendrick could truly be on his way to UGA and I'm like a lot of y'all, I'm kind of buckled my seatbelt here looking to see on this story what happens next. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. And glad to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio, Noon, Athens Sports Radio 960, Rev, And as a podcast, wherever you find them, including the worldfamousdognation.com. That means the Apple Player, the Spotify, Google. Some of you listen right there through SoundCloud. Some of you listen right there through the, as I said before, the worldfamousdognation.com. We're just really, really grateful to have you part of the show no matter how you get to us today. And a big thanks to our friends at Harris, Cherokee Casino Resort for making it all possible. You know, this is a great, great uh, place to get away to. And it's a great time to get away. The one thing that I do here when I talk to people just you know, kind of in my own life right now, there is so much energy around travel right now. And people are thinking about road trips and kind of how they can get back out and just sort of experience the world in a way that maybe they haven't over the last year or so. Well, no better choice for this than Harris Cherokee Casino Resort or the Harris Cherokee Valley River property as well both just two hour drive from atlanta both feature great casino gaming uh delicious gourmet restaurants world-class spa really fun entertainment options around the properties sports gaming is now there the um the wonderful you know uh, sports book is now open you get a chance to place your sports wagers there at the harris cherokee casino resort property so this is a great time great chance for you to be there website to go to to find out more about this and to become a caesars rewards member to get the most incentives for your travel it's caesars.com slash harris dash cherokee that's caesars.com slash Harris Cherokee that will get you in touch with uh, with Harris Cherokee Casino Resort and all their great properties and I hope I hope you enjoy that as you make your travel there here upcoming summer and the uh, time to come really good stuff going on at uh, at Harris Cherokee Casino Resort right now and the Harris Cherokee Valley River there as well. All right. It's Dog Nation Daily here today. We're going to get Mike Griffith coming up in just a moment. Before that, though, let's go around the doghouse. And I do briefly want to mention this. We won't spend a ton of time on this, but I do want to briefly mention this nice clutch performance yesterday for the Diamond Dogs getting what you know, in a lot of cases, it was kind of a must-win situation. Certainly, Scott Strickland, the Georgia baseball coach, was treating this as must-win. Although, as we said on yesterday's show, uh, D1 baseball kind of already had Georgia in the NCAA field. And Connor Ryan was telling me before the show today that uh, Baseball America essentially kind of had the same thing going on. So, Georgia may have already been in the NCAA field before yesterday's SEC tournament win against LSU. But certainly, Georgia couldn't afford to kind of rest on its laurels on that. It wanted to make sure that it was. You know, fully entrenched and on its way to an NCAA regional, and so by beating one of the real you know traditional powers in the SEC, LSU would certainly seemingly give Georgia a much better chance on that. So, good job there yesterday by Georgia getting that win, Uh, moving on to the next game in the SEC tournament. They'll play today against Arkansas. So obviously, tough task. Uh, The Hogs have been ranked number one in the country for a good portion of, of this year. You would expect big games in the SEC tournament. That's certainly what Arkansas provides here, but for. Georgia maybe not quite so must win anymore against the Hogs later on today so we will see how that plays out and then we'll look to see what happens for Georgia beyond that when it comes to its NCAA tournament situation once the field is announced and of course don't forget we're still a couple of days away from the softball super regional in Gainesville against the Florida Gators that's going to be a big deal here later on this weekend too so a lot going on with spring sports here for the University of Georgia and we will cover all of that with you but for now on what's going on with Darian Kendrick, on what's happening out in the state of California with some really interesting stuff related to JT Daniels offseason, some other Georgia players there as well. Uh, Let's talk to Mike Griffith here, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. Good to have you with us as well. and across the sec or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a DogNation.com insight and here on dog nation daily presented by harris cherokee casino resort we'll say hello to mike griffith who is in the state of california right now and mike this kind of reminds me when i was out there for the rose bowl back in 2017 you know we were doing dog nation daily we were out there for a full week we were doing dog nation daily every single morning 10 a.m um which meant 7 a.m local time which meant you know I, i'm already pretty used to getting up pretty early anyway but getting up out there you know 5 a.m pacific to get ready for that show at 7 a.m pacific time uh that pacific time zone will take some uh, take some life off of if you're not quite used to it right
0: yeah no doubt a lot of uh going to bed early and, and waking up early look at me you alarm like wow it's four o'clock i'm ready to go you know you need to get up at seven for the uh the dog nation daily call at 9 a.m get you get your clock going every day uh, so yeah no i'm, I'm okay though uh, all's well i'm rested um uh, you know, uh, spent some time out here, you know, ch- you know, chasing Bulldogs, you know. These guys, uh, they're hard to locate. Those fields were, were kept under wraps. Uh, I didn't have an opportunity to, to to catch any of them, but what I did have an opportunity to do was catch up to a lot of JT Daniels posse and his high school coach, uh, the, the people that played against him, DJ Ugal- uh coaching staff. And uh, so it, it's been productive from the standpoint of really kind of getting an idea of of where JT comes from uh, here in this Irvine, California area that I'm in.
1: I want to talk to you more about that before we're done. Let me get a couple things before we get there. I'll just mention the Diamond Dogs before that. Big win yesterday against LSU. Is it okay to exhale now, Mike? You know, uh, they got a win against Ole Miss, even though they didn't win the series. They did get a win against the Rebels to close at the regular season, get the win yesterday uh, against LSU. Can UGA let its guard down now, feeling confident that it will be? one of the teams heading to an NCAA regional once the uh, tournament is announced? Or is there more work to be done against Arkansas today in your mind?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I never – you just never know who's going to be on those committees. Uh, B.A., yeah, who's going to put you in? I mean, we saw that with the college football playoff committee in, in 2018. Uh, these, these committees are made up of human beings. I'll tell you, in softball, there's a lot of really angry people uh, you know, here Georgia's hosting a regional and, and really shouldn't have been losing seven straight games, and then you got teams like Michigan and Oregon traveling across the country playing and getting eliminated. They're upset because that was a made-for-TV deal. Uh, now the question is, is: is there enough blowback from that that baseball goes, "Ooh, we better be careful. We don't want we better." Be. But the SEC is so good in baseball. You know, in the last three years, the SEC has gotten at least eight teams in. I think last time last time they had a tournament with ten teams. And George is sitting, they were kind of right on the bubble. And I'll tell you, I, I, I hesitate to say it, but we got to get the facts out there. You know, George is 41 in the RPI, Georgia Tech's 42. Georgia Tech beat him twice head to head. I mean, you don't want it to come down to those two teams because if we're being if we're being objective and we're sitting in a room and we're trying to choose between George and Georgia Tech and they play twice and Tech won both of them, you're going to go attack. So I, you hate to think that a couple of stupid midweek games, you know, when you're not even throwing your one, two, or three pitcher could, could, could be the determining factor. I, I'll tell you what, I'll feel a lot better if Georgia can beat the number one team in the country, Arkansas, uh, today at 530. I think they're probably in, but I'll tell you what, I, I have seen stranger things happen.
1: I won't pretend to be an expert on this, but doesn't the committee, the media that covers the sport regularly, I mean, they value weekend performances more so than midweek performances, right? You know, don't you kind of grade on a curve on the midweek stuff because that's typically younger guys who are pitching for you?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But again, when I'm sitting here looking at the RPI rankings, and I see Georgia 41 and Georgia Tech 42, and and you're looking at those at-large teams, you know, one of the things you're going to look at is the RPI rankings. Again, it's just one measure. And certainly Georgia's got a good resume from the standpoint of taking two out of three on the road against Vanderbilt. Uh, they did take one on the road against Arkansas. They didn't get swept in any uh, series this season. They they kind of faded towards the end of the year. You know, they're down four. Their four best pitchers are out. And, and that's tough. I mean, nobody wants to hear about injuries, but it's part of it. And they're down four pitchers. Their best hitter, uh, you know, the Oconee County kid, Connor K. I I think Cole's still in the lineup, but, you know, he's out. The guy with leading home run lead. And if you're on the committee, do you look at that? You go, well, you know, George is good, but they're four pitchers down in their power. You know, so that's why I say, uh, yes, they do value the weekend series more. And, yes, Scott Strickland, uh, the Georgia baseball coach, I spoke to him Sunday morning, and he felt like the uh, the game against LSU was a play-in. LSU was a 23 RPI. They also had 13 conference wins. They carry a little bit more weight uh, in terms of that traditional name, LSU. I mean, that's the New York Yankees of college baseball there. Granted, they've been down. But, uh, again, I, I think Georgia's probably in. But I I think you've got to look at some of these other factors and go, boy, you know, I'm still not 100%. I'm at about 80%, Brandon.
1: Interesting stuff. So you dropped a pretty big bomb last night at the page of dognation.com. You're reporting that... Darian Kendrick, former Clemson defensive back, is expected to transfer to Georgia and that the criminal charges that he's currently facing in the state of South Carolina, involving, you know, in one case involving a weapon, that these are expected to be dropped there as well. What more can you tell us about this situation, Mike?
0: Yeah, so it's a lot of expected, right? You know, expected, expected, expected. And, you know, people always, ah, well, your age, Well, because people are talking. I mean, there's a lot of optimism out of Kendrick camp and, and he's leaning Georgia's way, you know, and. Uh, you know, a misdemeanor charge for having a gun sitting in his lap while he was sleeping in a car, and, uh, you know, a small amount of marijuana, that was a citation. I mean, that's what happened, you know, back March 12th. Uh, He had already been dismissed from the Clemson football team. Uh, Dabo Sweeney had commented on that. We've got that story up. You can see that Dabo's uh, press conference, we were on that Zoom call on March 1st with with Dabo when he talked about Kendrick, when he talked about the Tigers and the the new fresh state of orange that we're going to see from Clemson. Uh, you know, but this is a guy that this is a guy that could start. I, I don't know. Does he? It, you no, know, again, again, this hasn't happened yet. I want to be clear on this. George is positioned, as the headline says, they're positioned to get Kendrick, provided that, that things get taken care of in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and this kid gets a second chance. That's got to happen first, okay? Once that happens, uh, you know, George is in position to get Kendrick, and he's in position to compete right away, and. And again, no guarantees because Brandon, I think you were uh, bullish on a mere speed at the start of spring and he did indeed have a very good spring. Uh, we know that Jalen Kimber probably had the best spring. Uh, and we know that Keely Wrinkle still isn't really ready. Um, you know, we, we know Turnage from Alabama is a guy who's got a couple years in the system that's very similar to Georgia, was a talented guy. He was a 101 recruit, something like that. Um, but, but I think Kendrick would be a guy that would really push, uh, for a starting spot provided all the boxes get checked and he's on the Georgia campus next week when those kids report uh, for their uh, off-season voluntary workout on June 2nd.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's my thing on this. I won't pretend to be an act. We did hear a little bit from Darren Kendrick, his own words. Uh, off the top of our show today, but I won't be a, pretend to be an expert on anything that he's dealt with in his personal life on the field, off the field or anything else. I am a little bit more comfortable making the evaluation as a player. And when you go into the transfer portal looking for someone, someone who does have all conference credentials, even if it comes out of the ACC, someone who does have early mock draft nods for the first round, even though early mock drafts are typically pretty undependable you know, even with all of that, I mean, I think you're led to believe that, wow, from a credential standpoint at a position of need, it'd be hard to find someone who has better credentials than what Kendrick could bring to the table for Georgia if Georgia feels comfortable adding him to his roster, to its roster.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's the whole key, you know, is the, is the chemistry part. And that's where Kirby uh, has to do his due diligence, and I'm sure has, you know, as far as, uh, you know, what does this do to the locker room? How is he received? What type of player, uh, you know, is he in terms of, you know, off the field in the locker room with the chemistry? Because you got a championship team, you're trying to you're trying to win the chili cookoff here, Brandon. You're trying to win the chili cookoff, and you're adding another ingredient here. And you don't want too much hot pepper or too much spice, right? You still want to keep that Georgia flavor. Uh, so every time you add to that chili cookoff mix, you got to know what you're putting in the stew. And and Kendrick is certainly a, uh, could be a key ingredient the championship but you just got to make sure that he mixes
1: well yeah i think that's exactly right well you've certainly mixed in well in the state of california that's where you've been over the course of the last couple of days getting to know some of the people who know georgia quarterback jt daniels well just kind of give us an idea of some of what's been going out there and what you've learned about daniels and learned about uga while you're out there in the golden state
0: well, I mean, you know, George is in the same conversation. You know, first of all, I went to Bosco, St. John Bosco, and, 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 you know, them in modern day. I mean, when they played each other, the best time they played each other, I think it was 54 uh, FBS uh, players on the field. I mean, this is just stupid numbers. You can only have 22 on the field at a time. But between those two rosters, uh, 54 Division One players. So these are powerhouse private school programs in Southern California and the, the well known Trinity League. When I talk about modern day, you know, we're, we're talking about guys like uh, Matt Barkley, Matt Leiner, Colt Brennan played there as well, uh, Bryce Young, and JT. And, and that's just in the last 20 years. And in Bosco, uh, Josh Rosen played there, and, of course, DJ Uangoele uh, uh, played there. And So I was over there to talk to them about DJ and also over there to talk to them about playing against JT. Uh, you know, their defensive coordinator, a guy named Chris King, I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, he used to work Alabama's camp back when coaches were allowed to do that. So he got very familiar with Kirby and Nick Saban going to the Alabama camps and learning their defense, learning that mint front uh, that we've written about. And, and there's a video out there of Kirby and Glenn Schumann talking about their mint front and how Georgia kind of breaks it down with this match, uh, this match's own concept that both them and Alabama and also Clemson plays, by the way. Uh, so King was telling me a lot uh, about being in Alabama. He's come to Georgia and visited a couple of times. Uh, with the Georgia staff, they let him through the door. When you produce that many D1 prospects, you know, those coaching staffs have no problem inviting you on their campus, you know, into their think tank to ask questions, uh, because Bosco runs the same defense uh, that Alabama Georgia does. So, you know, right there's there, a little, little nugget of information. When JT plays Alabama, he's already seen that defense five times, every time he played Bosco. So he's got a concept, and he sees it in practice as well. It's what Georgia does as well. So, uh, pretty fascinating to hear what they had to say uh, about uh, Georgia and Alabama behind closed doors, what it's like, uh, you know, how helpful it, you know Kirby and Nick are, this concept, this defensive principle they believe is their winning edge. Uh, they won a national championship in high school football 2019. They believe it's because they're playing this defense uh, that Alabama and Georgia play. You know, this is next-level stuff. So that was one thing. Um, and the other thing I picked up on was that Clemson also runs this defense. They don't run as much of the same defense as Alabama and Georgia, but they have that base package. So if you do get a guy like Kendrick, this what Kirby does with the match zone is not going to be foreign to him. So we think about Alabama and Georgia being quite similar in defenses, because they are. There's some differences. Kirby's kind of putting his spin on it. And we think, well, that's why turnage makes sense. But now you see why Kendrick might make sense, too. I don't know about the verbiage. I don't think the verbiage is the same at Clemson, but a lot of the same principles. So... You learn a lot uh, about the innards of Georgia when you talk with these coaches that have done the clinics, that have done the camps, and that have uh, been in the think tank uh, with the Georgia and Alabama staffs.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating stuff, Mike. I I appreciate the work that you're doing to shed light on all of this. I know you've got some great stuff coming up in the days to come there at dognation.com as well. So thank you so much for being with us, and we will look forward to getting a chance to chat with you very soon back when you're on this side of the uh, country again.
0: I look forward to it, B.A. Thank you. Let's take a look around the rest of the league.
1: This is SEC Through. Mike kind of threw me off there at the end a little bit when he used the word innards. <laughs> he talked about the innards. <laughs> That's kind of a gross word. I mean, it's, a, I guess, an appropriate word. But I don't know. For some reason, that kind of threw me off there a little bit. But uh, good stuff from Mike out there in California. Big reporting on Darian Kendrick, too. Uh, so uh, we will see uh, if all of that comes to fruition. But a very interesting story uh, involving Kendrick that folks ought to read there at dognation.com from mike griffith on all of that here's something else i can recommend for you there as well you've been hearing me tell you about this in fact we were doing our dog nation days of summer event at the battery atlanta last weekend folks were coming up to me and they were saying hey ba tell me more about this finish long drink well i can tell you about it because everybody that i have kind of turned on to this has loved it in fact there there's some folks who saw me at the pool on saturday and they saw me there if you're watching a video you see the, the the nice looking blue can of the original the traditional uh flavor they saw me drinking that and they're like ba that's that finished long drink i said you better believe it is uh i'm having a good time with that at the pool and everywhere else I'm going here this year. And, and you'll like it there as well, because, listen, there are four choices. You know, like I said, the blue can is the traditional. It's kind of like a, a grapefruit and gin type combination. It comes ready to drink right out of the can. There's also a strong version, which is 8.5% alcohol by volume that comes in the black can. There's a there's a zero-calorie version. There's a cranberry version. So it's like, a, it's like a, a good liquor kick to go along with great flavor. It's like a mixed drink that's ready to drink right out of the can. It, it kind of started in Finland back in the 1950s, the summer game we're in helsinki there and it's kind of moved its way to the united states and now it's here in the state of georgia and if you go to the website thelongdrink.com that's the website thelongdrink.com you can find out where to get it close to you so there's you know all kinds of stores bars you know it's big in athens you know all over the place but you want to kind of find out where it is so check that out online thelongdrink.com you can learn a lot more about the finished long drink ready to drink right out of the can tastes great uh, so much fun here this time of year so make sure you enjoy all of that also a couple of SEC through stories to get to for you here today and then coming up in a couple of minutes also some really interesting stuff related to more praise for George here this off season but but specifically there's something that i wish the national you know kind of opinion tastemakers around college football would truly notice about UGA so We'll get to that coming up in just a couple of minutes' time here. But before that, though, uh, Auburn coach Brian Harson doing like a lot of coaches do this time of year. He's making his kind of rubber chicken circuit tour, you know, booster club type thing, and openly acknowledging at a recent, you know, a, appearance with some Auburn boosters that yes, there will be a quarterback competition ongoing now between TJ Finley, the recent LSU transfer, and obviously Bo Nix, who has been the entrenched starter. And I guess one of the things I'd be curious about kind of peering in on this, and by the way, we'll talk more about this and more this afternoon today 3 p.m eastern time for sec country live on the sec country facebook and sec country live youtube pages looking forward to doing that with you this afternoon but i'm kind of curious to see for harson who's a brand new coach did not recruit bo Nix. how much freedom is there knowing that nicks is a famous last name around the auburn program this is a guy that's got that kind of legacy heritage there does harson have full freedom to make the quarterback change if he wants to if he wants to go to to Finley instead of uh, Nick's, is there any kind of like political buffer that prevents him from being able to do that I am curious about that now there's also a chance that Finley who was essentially beaten out by Max Johnson at LSU will also be beaten out by Bo Nix once again here at Auburn but that's an interesting quarterback competition to watch and I was thinking about this in my mind a little bit where are the legit quarterback competitions in the SEC right now obviously you'd say Auburn here I think now there's clearly one at LSU and I don't really think I know how that one's going to play out although it seems like that's a two-horse race right now between Miles Brennan and uh, as I said before Max Johnson clearly wide open quarterback situation at Tennessee you know I I wonder if when Florida practice starts if you know Dan Mullen finally starts saying more complimentary things but Emory Jones again if he fully takes that over or do we hear even any kind of like you know, whispers about the idea of a of a quarterback competition still ongoing at Florida with a guy like Anthony Richardson moving in to compete with Emory Jones or if Jones clearly salts all that away. I think we have been in a quarterback competition scenario in college station when it comes to and M this point in time I do think Hayes King has probably gotten the edge there over Zach Calzada maybe Calzada makes a run later on this summer I mean there's open situation in Arkansas that matters because that's who Georgia's you know get ready to play although you know that's probably a little bit less top of mind than some of the others that we're dealing with but I guess you can kind of throw Auburn into the mix here of quarterback competitions around the SEC also you know this is not necessarily news but I think it was interesting there's a guy named James Light who always shares these like coaching quotes and things like that when it comes to, you know, he, he appears at a lot of, uh, you know, coaching clinics, things like that. A lot of those coaching clinic videos that get shared and sometimes we'll play them on the show. A lot of that stuff comes from the guy, uh, James Lyde. He also shared a quote in print from Nick Saban that I thought was really interesting. And I guess in reading this, I was kind of left to wonder, and we just talked a lot about Georgia defensive backs and how a guy like Darian Kendrick could fit into all that. Brandon Turnage are just arriving, how he's going to fit into all that. Tyke Smith, transfer over from West Virginia, who you kind of hope is a plug-and-play player. This quote from Saban kind of speaks to the the ways in which chemistry matters for your defensive backs, specifically chemistry in terms of communication on the field. Let me read this to you. So Saban's speaking at one of these coaching clinics, and here's what he says. He says, communication is critical in the defensive secondary Saban goes on to say even if you communicate the wrong thing now this is interesting he says even if you communicate the wrong thing if everybody does it wrong it's right Does that make sense, Saban asks? He says, it sounds backwards. We're supposed to be playing cover two, and everybody plays cover three. We're fine, he says. He says, you only get in trouble when one guy is doing the wrong thing. As long as everybody does the wrong thing together, you're still in a defense that might work in that given situation. You just can't have one guy off the page, one guy not working the way that he's supposed to work. And actually, I think that's pretty good insight. I mean, I get the impression that Saban, even though he does not like revealing a lot of himself to the media, I get the impression that Saban is pretty good good in these you know coaching clinic type situations willing to reveal a lot of what has made him a you know brilliant coach over the years and this, i think is a pretty good example of that there as well and the reason why i think this might be a little bit relevant for georgia is you know when you do bring these new defensive backs in together and whether it's a combination of guys who've been on the roster who as the starters playing the most or a combination of you know the transfers that you've just brought in transfer you still might bring in who ends up playing a lot for the georgia secondary how well do they gel with each other so that they do have open communication on the field, all kind of working together as a unit together on the field, finding a way to establish that chemistry with each other here over the course of this offseason, I I think is really crucial there for Georgia. It's not just about new guys, whether they be incoming freshmen or recent transfers learning the system. It's also about these guys getting acquainted with each other and developing that bond that does allow them to communicate well together on the field. I, I think that's it's important. And uh, good stuff from Saban there will make that your SEC through. And I do want to turn our attention back to the Georgia Bulldogs here. And we'll do that just in, in a moment. But let me also quickly remind you about my friends at Pella Window and Door of Georgia. Equipping your house with energy efficient windows and doors, setting up a free, no pressure, easy consultation. They'll walk you through your installation options. They'll take talk to you about all the, the choices that you can make when it comes to Pella Window and Door of Georgia. They'll, they'll, they'll explain all that in a really good, easy to understand way. Of course, Pella's got a lot going for it. It's a nationally known company, which means you get unparalleled resources. It's also a locally owned, family owned branch right here in Georgia, which means you get that unrivaled service there as well. It's one of the reasons why I feel so confident recommending Pella Window and Door of Georgia to you. I also love the great savings they're offering right now. Big time uh, savings right now. You can currently get 10% off your entire project or 0% APR for 24 months. That's a great deal. So make sure you check that out. A couple different ways to get in touch. Give them a call 678-638-1496. Number once again, 678-638-1496. Or go to PellaOfGA.com slash DogNation for more. One more time that website, Pelaofga.com slash DogNation for more on that. All right, I want to spend a couple of minutes on this. I saw where Chip Patterson in a piece up at CBS Sports.com. We had Chip on SEC Country Live last week. But in a piece up at, at uh, CBS Sports.com was kind of talking about the things he's looking forward to for the upcoming season and one of his big bold predictions here is that george is going to win its first sec championship since 2017 he says on paper everything is elite for the bulldogs with an sec title three secs crowns four top 10 finish the last four years but he says each year removed from that 2017 season brings a little more pressure for kirby smart to return to the college football playoff most of us would not deny that's true and it's nice to hear chip saying that this could be the year that happens. Obviously, Georgia fans, many of them believe that there as well. I guess, though, here's the one thing I do wish we could kind of add as an addendum to this conversation. When we say, hey, Georgia needs to win the SEC again. Hey, Georgia needs to get back to college football playoff again. As true as that is, I wish we could also acknowledge the fact that Georgia's path towards doing that is just much more difficult than most of the teams that's competing with for these scarce playoff spots. Don't take my word for this. Take pro football focus for an example. I saw they had an updated preseason top 25, and they also have some percentages here. And who knows if these numbers are right or not, but we'll take their word for it for right now. Clemson, the number two team in their preseason top 25, they give a 58 percent chance of winning its conference the ACC better than half Ohio State the number three team in the pro football focus preseason top 25 they give a 48 percent chance of winning their conference the Big Ten Oklahoma who's fifth on this list they give the Sooners a 60 percent chance of winning the Big 12 Georgia by comparison only has a 24 percent chance of winning the SEC Alabama uh, only has a 50 percent chance in the league there as well even though they're the reigning national champion now when you look at that, Georgia's chances about one and four, whereas Oklahoma's chances nearly two and three, Alabama, I should say Ohio State and Clemson about 50-50. Obviously, we understand that's not because Georgia's a worse team necessarily. They just play in a more difficult league. So I kind of wish as we're having that conversation about kind of where Georgia ranks in all of this, I would love the conversation to more frequently kind of circle back to the idea of the challenge of doing that in the SEC is just a much more difficult task. By the way, as we wrap up here today on our program, very funny edition of our Golden Shoe today. It comes from our buddy Forestry Dog, and most people send their Golden some Shoe submissions via Twitter, at DogNationDaily. Forestry Dog actually sends his via the comment section at DogNation.com for our podcast cool down and everything else like that. To me, I don't know why I think it's so funny, but I do. He says this is the new statue that Florida has built. He says it's in honor of Marco Wilson and the shoe he threw 20 yards down the field during the LSU game at the Swamp in 2020, the LSU th- 37-34 win. It's a big golden shoe statue. For some reason, I think it's funny that he's got like flowery foliage coming out of the <laughs> the back of the shoe where the foot would go. I think that's very funny from Forestry. He's pretty good on the social media and the and the edit. So good job by Forestry Dog there. By the way, speaking of those lousy stinking Gators, Georgia goes back to Jacksonville here in just 157 days. Gets a win over Florida. We'll see you tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily presented by Harris Jackie Casino Resort. And on the podcast, time now for R.S. Andrew's podcast, Cool Down. Really good stuff on today's program. At least I thought so. Hope you did there as well. But what I really enjoy is our chance to talk here. And I appreciate your comments and give us a chance to do that. You can hit me up on Twitter at DogNationDaily or in the comment section at DogNation.com. When I post the show each and every day, there's a comment section at the bottom of the page. You just kind of write in whatever you want to say there. And uh, just a great way for us to interact with each other. I, I like making the show interactive. And sometimes... You know, the the trick we always have is is that like ninety nine almost almost ninety nine percent of the people who who consume the show do so after the fact when it's not live, which is fine. I want people to consume it whenever it's convenient for them, but obviously it's much easier to interact for those who are watching live on video. So we're always looking for ways to make it easy for interaction for those who are obviously not able to kind of tune in during the ten a.m. hour in the morning when we record this show. So the podcast cool down is a chance for us to kind of do that a, a way that we're able to do that so for those of you who reach out on twitter to be able to do that or the comment section there at dognation.com really appreciate that i'm very thankful that rs andrews makes this portion of the show possible otherwise we'd have to you know get back to doing some real work or something along those lines but rs andrews gives us a chance to do all this so please reach out to them at rsandrews.com our buddy jeff Sintel has had the folks at rs andrews back out at his house here this week getting that air conditioning unit tuned up Everybody wants to stay cool in the summer. And if you're not taking regular care of your air conditioning unit, it's going to be more difficult for you to do that. So please find them online at rsandrews.com and they will take good care of you. I got a very good comment from our buddy Navy Dog, who's one of our frequent commenters in our comment section at uh, dognation.com. And first of all, he shares some kind of words, which I, you know, listen, I always enjoy hearing, but he also shares, I think, a valuable perspective as well. I'm going to read this to you. He says, I love your podcast. As dog fans concerned the football program, let's face it. This is just a traditionally boring time of the year, but you, your staff and your guests make things so much better. I'm thankful for that. And let me just take a quick pause here and I'll get back to what Navy Dog says there. I'm the kind of person that has always enjoyed the off season. And, you know, before I was at Dog Nation, I've been here since 2015, but before that I was doing regular sports radio, regular sports TV, you know, things along those lines. And for me, there was never enough college football talk, right? I said this during one of the shows this week that it seems like we're kind of almost as far removed from the previous season as you can be, while still several months away from the start of the new season. But even during that time of the year, I'm still obsessed with college football and looking to see the roster moves that go on, the recruiting stuff that's about to take place, and all the stuff you know related to that. And one of the bets that I kind of made before coming to Dog Nation was that a website like this, a program that we wanted to start a show like Dog Nation Daily, that we could really tap into that same desire amongst other college football fans, Georgia football fans in particular, to hear about college football 365 days a year. And one of the most gratifying things in my life to this point is the fact that it has turned out to be true, that so many of you do enjoy hearing about college football, even during the summer, even during the time of year when, in some cases, mainstream fan may be more attuned to NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, Phil Mickelson, whatever else, you know, we're still paying close attention to college football here, and I'm glad that so many of you enjoy that too. Back to Navy Dog here. He says, This isn't football related, but I was remembering this weekend my two shipmates, uh, he mentions Dave Frazier and Mark Kennedy, that died in the line of duty, each within one month of each other in the same deployment. He says thank God that myself and the rest of our crew got home safely. They and so many Americans paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we can enjoy our freedoms as Americans. And once again I'll get back to what uh Navy writes more of in a moment, but you know, this is one of the things that overwhelms me. And whether it be Navy Dog who reaches out here, you know, via our comment section when we had our dog nation days of summer event on Friday, you know, I had a chance to, you know, once again speak to a couple of our regulars you know, if you ever watch on video, you may hear him talk about Green Soldier. He's active deployment right now. Other active servicemen who are with us for our Dog Nation Days of Summer event. You know, I can say this sincerely and wholeheartedly that one of the things that keeps me working so hard, and I'm not saying that what I do is hard work. I'm saying I try to work hard at it. Right? I try to take it seriously and 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 really, you know, put my best effort every single day is because I know the credentials of some of the people who listen to the show on a regular basis. Active servicemen, people who kind of work in kind of that sort of first responder type world. Now, people who are just doing the hard work of, you know, delivering, you see how how a you know, supply chain matters. When we had the gas shortage of the day, we have a lot of truck drivers that listen to the show on a regular basis. You don't think much about a truck driver until the thing that the truck's delivering doesn't show up when you need it to like, you know, gas in a tank or something along those lines. And we have a lot of truck drivers that that listen to the show. And, you know, uh, these are the kinds of people that we have in our audience. And they're the kinds of people that keep me wanting to make sure that my promise of delivering a hour or so worth of Georgia football talk every single day that it's that it's you know it's the best that I have whatever my best is for that day let me make sure I deliver it. because we do have you know you know veterans we have current active duty service personnel we have you know folks doing real hard work to keep the just the infrastructure of our society moving the way that it's supposed to and if they're going to use me as a distraction from their real life their hard work if they're going to if they're going to allow me to be that you know, for them, then let me make sure I'm at my best. And that's one of the things I do take very seriously. Navy Dog goes on to say in his comment here at dognation.com that Herschel Walker and our beloved dogs were a bright spot for me in my life during that very dark time, mentioning losing some friends that he was stationed with, uh, you know, you know, lost, You know, in service to their country and in the line of duty, very, very scary. He says, "I found out we had won the national championship two weeks after the fact of all of this from a newspaper clipping." My dear old mama had sent me, "God rest her soul." He says, "Having cancer now, I have a much better understanding of don't sweat the the little things." And boy, that that is so true. And Navy dog, I'm sorry to hear about your battle with cancer. Certainly, you'll be in my prayers. And you know, many of you know this has been a time of loss for me. My dad died back in December, and I, I do kind of find myself just really kind of thinking about just how important it is to just cherish every moment. You know, Georgia may win a game, Georgia may lose a game, but at least we're getting to watch Georgia play a game and, you know, appreciating the time we get to share with family and friends around all of this. I, I think I think Navy Dog is 100% right about that. He says, savor every day like a hungry dog does a good steak. And that's well said there as well. He goes on to say, thanks for all you do, Brandon. Sorry this was so lengthy. No, no problem with that whatsoever. We also talked about <laughs> We also talked about the alien UFO thing the other day. Uh, Navy Dog concludes his uh, comment by saying, if there is life somewhere out there, you suppose they might have a great cornerback willing to transfer. Very, very funny stuff from Navy Dog. He says, even if that's not the case, George will still be fine with the defensive backs it does have. Well said by Navy Dog. Beautiful, beautiful stuff all the way around there. And uh, what a great comment uh, to get to. I also want to mention this real quickly, more on the subject of football. Uh, we had a, I had a good comment the other day on Twitter from uh, George on Tap on Twitter who said that I think it's a good point. I like giving like the SEC opinions, but teams completely unrelated to Georgia. Sometimes we agree on that stuff. Sometimes we disagree. Frankly, it's sort of almost more interesting sometimes to find points with which we disagree because when it comes to Georgia football, so many of us are going to essentially view the life the same way. So sometimes finding something you know different is a little bit more interesting. I've told you know a lot of y'all. A lot of you really seem to like Lane Kiffin, seem to believe that he's you know, a coach on the rise. I've shared some skepticism about that. I like what Georgia on tap said about this on Twitter. He says, I think that Kiffin is dangerous in a single-game situation. Obviously, he came close to pulling the upset against Alabama a year ago. He says, but not overall. Kind of like the Pirate, obviously Mike Leach, made us sweat a little bit last season. That game was a little closer than it was supposed to be. I think that's probably a pretty good comparison from George on tap there that that Kiffin has certainly proved his play-calling credentials. He's an offensive-minded guy. In a one-game scenario, Ole Miss may always be dangerous. But in terms of actually building a contender in the SEC West, that's just a really hard thing to do right now because of how deep that division is you go back to like say 2014 2015 at kind of what was at the time thought to be the apex of the sec west i'm actually not quite so sure it's not deeper now than it was then back when you know mullen was still at mississippi state freeze was Ole miss you know you saw kevin sumlin at texas a&m what you thought was a deep division back then i would say almost school for school it looks deeper and better now Than it did back then, so I think that's pretty good stuff there from Georgia on tap as well. All right, great comments. Thanks for being here for our podcast cool down. I also want to mention this there as well. Um, My friends at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution have a really good special offer rate for new subscribers. You can go to ajc.com find out about this. You can get unlimited digital access starting at just a dollar. They're also going to give you a U.S. flag kit. Obviously, I am a proud patriot and I do cherish the memorial day weekend as a time to honor and observe those who have lost their lives in the service to our country that is a very very serious thing even though we kind of think of it as a a fun holiday and a chance to be together with family and friends and that stuff matters too it is a holiday that has serious meaning for our country and obviously a beautiful u.s flag kit a great way to to keep that in mind it's a thank you to the subscribers of the ajc as you support the uh, journalism work that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is doing. So please check that out, AJC.com, uh, and you can learn about that great special offer and get your own flag kit and also get great digital access to some terrific, terrific reporting around the AJC. A lot going on in the sports world right now. They're all over all of that, of course, there as well. So thanks for being here for R.S. Andrews Podcast Cooldown. Hope all of you have a great day. I will see you back here
0: tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. We'll talk to you then, everybody.